Welcome to the Entrepreneur Revolution podcast, where each week, Antonio, Fernando, and Eduardo bring you a new look at trending ideas and concepts in the world of entrepreneurship. Welcome to another episode of the Entrepreneur Revolution podcast. Today, we have Eva Janata from Simply Put. How are you doing, Eva? Hello, I'm great. Thank you. And we got your hosts, Antonio and Eduardo here. How's it going, guys? Hey, guys. How's it going? Good, good. Great to have you here today, Eva. Thank you. Awesome. So everybody here is recovering from a cold. So for our listeners, <laughs> please excuse our uh, sound. Yes. <laughs> so we met Eva at the Women's Power Conference about a couple of months ago. And uh, she spoke about social media and we were just amazed by all the insight that she given us. So we asked her to come on our show and give us a little bit about uh, social media management and give us some valuable topics. And for all you social media management and marketers out there, you have a lot to learn to this. So please pay attention. So Eva, why don't you start by telling us a little bit about your history, how you got into this business, and go on from there. Sure, yeah. So I guess the course of entrepreneurship never runs smooth, right? No entrepreneur right. I've talked to is like, oh, I did this and then this, and it was this clear linear path. <laughs> um, so it was not a very linear path for me either. Um, I got my degrees in gender studies and English literature, and those are pretty broad right. fields of study, not really career track per se. And after that, I came across an opportunity to work for um, a local company, Mom's Organic Market. I knew the yeah. owner from part-time work when I was in college. I used to take care of his kids, actually. Oh. And uh, yeah, when I finished up university, he suggested I apply to his company. So I worked there for a couple of years. Uh, I was his assistant for a few years, and then I worked on their communications team. But... I really wanted to go out on my own. I know you guys can relate to that. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I decided, you know, before I took on more responsibilities, a mortgage or a family, that it was time to, to jump off the diving board into the sea of entrepreneurship, if yeah. you will. And that was quite scary, but also very exhilarating. And so I started a business. I actually, for a long time, I thought I wanted to be a professional organizer because I love mm. making order out of chaos. I love making <laughs> things neat and tidy and making things look good and be well-contained. I love systems. And so when you organize a space, you need to use systems. But as many entrepreneurs learn, they say you want to fail fast, right? So, right. I, so I did that for a little bit. And to my surprise, I didn't, I didn't love it nearly as much as I thought. Mm. Um, so much things to organize. <laughs> well, it just, you know, I thought I, I liked doing it, but I, I, once I started, I didn't feel right. I felt awkward. Right. I, I was very surprised. I thought I would love it, and then I just didn't feel quite right. Well, so, I think it's kind of one of those things where you love it as a hobby, but not as a business. Maybe that's what it was. Something about it wasn't a good fit. So a woman I knew who is a professional organizer herself, she needed marketing support. I had some experience from work, my work at Moms and my work and some part-time stuff in mm -hmm. college, so I just started helping her out. And then at the Power Conference in 2015, she, my client Pam, uh, the organizer, introduced me to Heather Cox of the Mighty Web Shop. Mm. And Heather hired me on to help with her social media. And things really started to pick up around the turn of last year. So 2015 to 2016 okay. is when right. I started to feel like, okay, I know what I'm doing now. I'm, I'm really liking this. Uh, this is a good fit. All right. And uh, when you first started, were you like uh, at this point a freelancer or you had a company and you had a partner? Yeah, great question. So one of the first things I did when I quit full-time work and um, started my business was uh, I started working with an accountant right away. And that was easy mm -hmm. for me because my mom's best friend 
okay. is an accountant. And I actually used to take care of her kids too. Oh, uh, there we go. So she was an easy choice for me. And right off the bat, she suggested what to do to start off right. She walked me through the steps of establishing my business in Maryland. You had to pay a fee for that and you get your articles of incorporation. Right. Mm-hmm. And she advised me whether to be a sole proprietor or an LLC. I really am so grateful to her advice because she... I didn't know what the heck I was doing, and she was able to say, you know, to coach me along. So right away, I did have my own business. Um, I started paying taxes just using my own social security Mm -hmm. number, and she coached me through all of that. So when uh, we saw you at the PowerPoint conference, you did these tips on social media, and I took a lot of them. I still have the note cards at home. And can you shed some light into those, and uh, if you still got them? I know, I think you had note cards on you with that day, Um, but it seems like you, you knew it already and you remember it also because <laughs> I'm sh- this it was interesting stuff guys like we were so in tune and, and this is kind of what we do too but we're like everything she's saying is resonating with yes. us, you know? oh good I'm so glad to hear that thank you for saying that that's really great to hear I love talking in front of people I love talking in general and actually that's what I find most exciting and gratifying about social media and marketing is yeah. it's about making connections And what I like to do is connect with people, like either of you, Mm -hmm. you know, sitting and talking face to face or sharing resources online. For me, the the most exciting thing about being a person is sharing ideas and talking with folks and having relationships. That's where I start with my, when I talk about social media with my clients or at presentations, I always talk about what's exciting about social media is that it facilitates connection. It doesn't replace face-to-face connection or in-person connection. That's an important part of marketing too. But they both work together really Mm -hmm. well. And you can enhance your face-to-face marketing with uh, a good online presence. Shows your expertise, shares your ideas, contributes really valuable, helpful information to your ideal client. That's what I find exciting about social media. Yeah, you enhance your brand by doing that. Yes, there are so many things you can do when you're an entrepreneur, a small business owner to, yeah, tell your brand story. Public speaking is one of them. Having a really consistent Twitter feed or even Facebook page is another way to do that. Right. So let's talk about the big papa, Facebook, right? (laughs) Yes. Because that's, you know, the largest media channel in the world, which produces no content. That's a beautiful part of it, too. What would you say your best practices are for Facebook and for our listeners? And also, what have you noticed that works best for your clients? Sure. So the first question, uh, best practices for Facebook. Any sort of social media marketing you do, you want to, first of all, share your own content, right? You're sharing your own assets. So whether that's um, images that you create if you're a graphic designer or uh, content you write if you have a website and you write blog posts or articles that you've written for other publications, you want to share your own content. Or podcasts. Or your podcast, for sure. Right. That's a great example. But you don't only want to share your own content because good marketing isn't just self-promotion. Good marketing is making connections and building relationships. So not only are you sharing your own content on Facebook, but you're also sharing the content of others. And I recommend that be other people in your niche. So back to the example of professional organizing. If you're a professional organizer, you would share your own blog posts. You might share articles about Marie Kondo, who's very big right now with her life-changing magic of tidying Mm -hmm. up book. Uh, You might share content from other professional organizers that have a different niche than you. Maybe one person specializes with working with kids and one person specializes working with folks with ADHD and one person specializes in offices. Right. So you want to kind of spread, spread the love, spread goodwill. And also you don't need to reinvent the wheel for every piece of content you share. You know, if you can share content that other folks have done, that's really, really good. That's easier on you. 
it helps them. So it's spreading the word about them. That's good for marketing as well. Giving giving out shout outs. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. for sure. One of the things we talked about at the Power Conference was what I call goodwill part yes. of marketing, right? So you talk about yourself a little bit, but you also talk about others because, again, connection and relationships. And so another example we gave at the Power Conference is if you go to an event, you'll take some photos there, you'll meet people or you'll see people you know, post that to Facebook and tag the folks that you saw so they get a mention that you mention them on your page. Oftentimes, out of goodwill, folks will share that post on their own page, thus introducing you to their audience. And that's how connections are made. That's how they're built. That's how we do with our podcast. We share the podcast that we do with the person, mm-hmm. and then we have them share it as well on their page. Or exactly. Social media and stuff like that. Well, for me, I think it's very intuitive. Yeah. But for some folks, it really does help to have these these steps lined up. And um, adding to all this, uh, to the connection topic, um, what's the relation between uh, Simply Put, which is your company, mm-hmm. and... Uh, the mighty little web shop? Yes, great question. So my company is called Simply Put Strategies, and I do social media and marketing consultant and management for small businesses. And the mighty little web shop is a WordPress web development company. It's run by Heather Cox, who's a phenomenal woman. And I have to really appreciate her today. We just had a phone call this morning. She's um mentoring and business coaching me this year. We've had two phone calls. That's it. Just two phone calls. And I already feel like (laughs) way better about everything ever. So Heather's wonderful. We met, like I said, the last power conference, I started doing social media work for her. And where our relationship has developed now is I would call us collaborators. Okay. Okay. So a lot of folks who come to her needing a website also need social media and marketing right. support. So Heather might refer them to me. Another thing we talked about at the Power Conference is that your website really ought to be the home base of your marketing. Yes. Right. If you're sharing your blog posts on Facebook, you want your blog posts to live on a really nice website. Yeah. So when folks click to your website, they see a portrayal of you and your business that you're very proud of, that looks polished and professional and is right in line with what your vision is for your company. Well, one of the things I learned is that your website should be I mean, it ought to be the final destination. Yeah. Yes, that's a great way to put it. So one of the things that we emphasized at Power Conference was you want to drive traffic to your website because that's where you have most likely or hopefully your sales funnel set up. You have your priced packages available. That's where you can really, you're in charge of the content there, right? You can say what you want to say and encourage people to download this or click that or read that. And so, yeah, any marketing you're doing on social platforms like Twitter or Facebook where once it's published there, you don't own the content, you want it to refer back to this platform that you have control of, which is your website. Uh, Will you be speaking at the next Power Conference? That is a great question. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I haven't announced this to the internet yet, but I'll but I'll share it with you all, and <laughs> then it'll belong to the internet. <laughs> um, I'm considering moving next year. Oh, where to? I don't know yet. <laughs> I'm thinking about moving out west to... Um, Arizona or New Mexico or uh, Texas. Probably not quite that far. Um, My brother lives there, but I think I want to try somewhere not quite to the coast. So depending upon whether that actually happens, we'll Mm. determine probably whether I speak at the power conference again. All right. So let's talk about the other social media channels. You know, we have so many nowadays. Oh, I know. And one of the things we've learned running our, our social media management company as well is that you don't need to have them all. You know, you need to have what's going to drive more traffic and what you really do need. For example, if you're a photographer, obviously you need Instagram. You mm-hmm. know, bloggers, Twitter's kind of like the mini blog where you can mm-hmm. share a link, a little cop- copies, but everybody should have a Facebook. 
Yes, I would tend to agree. I ha- I do follow. There's a, a woman I whose work I admire. She's actually based in California. Her name is Sarah Morgan. She has a Facebook page, but she doesn't do much with it. And she says that's because of all the social channels she uses. She measured how much traffic they were each referring to her website. Facebook mm. came in last for her for mm. her niche and her ideal client. So in her case, she stills on Facebook because right. it it does you know some. So many, so many of us are used to Facebook. Right. We're comfortable with the interface. We use it all the time to look at pictures of our like cousin's dog right. or whatever. Yeah. And so for that reason, I tell my clients it's a powerful place to be because your client is already there. They're already there using Facebook. And so if they can interact with you somewhere where they're already hanging out, that's valuable to you, to your business. But in the case of this woman, Sarah Morgan, she wasn't getting a lot of traffic from Facebook. So she she has said, you know, in her writing, she doesn't put a lot of energy or time there. But she still has it. And so back to your point, um, I think it is worth having a Facebook page for the very for the for the reason that it's hugely popular. It's Facebook's coming out with new stuff all the time, which oh, yes. change so it's it's tricky because it changes you have to relearn a yeah. lot with Facebook, which can get a little frustrating. But they're always saying so they're just on the front lines of everything that's happening and changing, and they they wield so much influence that I think it's worth being there. But like anything, um, if you measure the results of your Facebook marketing against your Pinterest marketing and Pinterest is doing more for you, then you know that you don't have to put as much into Facebook. I think it's still good to be there, but you might not want to put all of your or, or the majority of your marketing effort into that channel. But I think to to go back to the question about channels to use, yeah, I completely agree. You do not have to be on all of them. In fact, it takes a lot to learn how to use each one well. Unless you're really getting like a compelling return on all of them, you're possibly throwing your time and energy down a hole. So when it comes to choosing, um, I think Facebook is a good one to start with because it's so big and robust and well-known. But otherwise, take into account who your ideal client is. You know, Pinterest, for example, has a lot of female users. So that's something to take into account. Instagram tends to have younger users. That's something to take into account. And like you said, Instagram is very visual. And so if you have a business that sells products that you can take Mm -hmm. pretty photographs of, then Instagram might be a good choice. Although a lot of companies that provide services still do really interesting stuff with images on Instagram, which I think is so cool. Well, you can do anything. Kind of like uh, we do social media marketing. You can put together the structure of something or web map it, you know, and Mm -hmm. put that up as a picture. And people find that to be very interesting. It doesn't necessarily have to be a photo of something Mm -hmm. as long as they can see a value in the picture, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's really cool as well. And now they got the the business side of uh, Instagram oh, I love too. That. You know what I love about the insights of business? It tells you when your users are mostly there. Yeah, that's a really cool feature. It is because we actually put together a report. We cross reference uh, four different analytics of best time to post mm-hmm. on our uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and what was it? it was Instagram as well. Instagram as well. Was it for a certain client or no? In just general, in general. just okay. in general. But Instagram analytics kind of like throws that all out of the window because what if that doesn't apply to your clients, to right. your followers? Right. So I like that they did put that offer. But we did see a, a very interesting hit on those analytics where we started using it and posting it on those days at that mm-hmm. exact time. And then we would post something on a random day uh-huh. at a weird time and notice how we did not get as many yeah. likes or hits. Mm-hmm. Or, That's or, great. That's works. great <laughs> data. Right. So an- analytics is awesome. Um, so Eva, let's let's go a little bit more in depth about the kind of value that you can provide to 
people and businesses out there some some of them don't even have a facebook page yeah that's yeah. right we had eight clients buy a package for podcasting in the beginning of this year mm-hmm. and we ended up creating a facebook page for them mm-hmm. after we finished podcasting we're like all right now let's post it up on your business facebook and they're like oh uh, <laughs> okay <laughs> right mm-hmm. so so why don't you tell us a little bit more about what kind of value and what kind of consulting you do with your clients yeah, absolutely. So the needs of my clients vary. So on one end of the spectrum, some clients, they have their Facebook page already. They have content that they've written or that they have coming into their email from you know the various organizations they're a part of. Mm-hmm. Uh, an example that comes to mind is I have a, a client who's, um, she coaches parents and families uh, with children that have special needs. And so she gets tons of articles coming into her inbox around ADHD and dyslexia and different special needs. So she has all of her content. I don't need to do any of any any content research for okay. her. So in her case, she just wants someone to do the implementation. So for in her case, I you know I log in Hootsuite and I schedule out um, content to go to her Facebook page every day of the week. Right. So that on the one end of the spectrum is the implementation. Um, that's what I do. Take care of her. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, some clients they might not have their Facebook page yet. They might not have blog posts yet. They might not be uh, receiving articles in their in their inboxes. Um, they might not be sure where to start. And so for that client, uh, we'll sit down, we'll talk about who their ideal client is, where their ideal client spends time, um, like you just said, where on social they spend time, and also where they physically spend time in the world. And then we'll talk about what are their clients' pain points? What do they, what do they need? And then we'll brainstorm uh, blog topics to address those pain points. And uh, I do a lot of ghostwriting, so I'll some, often write the blog posts for my clients or we'll collaborate. We'll both write them together. Same is true of email marketing. If the client wants to build up their email list, which I do recommend, I'll help them come up with a strategy for that. Uh, so from the, the ghostwriting side of content, blog articles or emails, uh, all the way down to you know writing out the 140-character tweets for them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so it kind of runs the gamut. On the one hand, if a client just needs someone to schedule, I'm happy to do that. On the other Mm -hmm. hand, if they want someone to sit with them and help them plan out a comprehensive marketing strategy for their business, I am happy to do that. All right. And uh, if anybody was looking for your servers, um, how could they find you? uh... They can find me on the internet. (laughs) You might be shocked to hear. Yes. So uh, on social media, I'm at Eva Janata on Twitter and Pinterest and Instagram. I'm uh, slash simply put strategies on Facebook. And my website is www.simplyputstrategies.com. And uh, on there, I have my phone number, my email address, and that's an easy way for folks to get in touch with me. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much, Eva, for coming in today. We got some great knowledge today about social media marketing, and uh, we hope to see you again. And if you don't move, maybe at the Power Conference. Maybe so. Thank you, gentlemen. I really appreciate it. All right. Thank you all for being here, and see you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Entrepreneur Revolution podcast, broadcasting from launch workplaces at the Rio Washingtonian Center in Gaithersburg, Maryland. Like our Facebook page, the Entrepreneur Revolution podcast, to get updates on new and upcoming episodes.